0: Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we have the CMO of Plastic Financial Rewards, Anil Rege. And what we're going to talk about is an area that Gartner, Forrester, they've all talked about, which is how B2B needs to be a little bit more like B2C, but in what kind of ways. And Anil's going to talk about the hyper-personalization of the content, the messaging that we create and how it actually has so many more applications into the B2B world and rewards than in B2C, yet it's well-established in B2C. So, Anil, with that, I'm going to turn it over to you to give maybe a little bit more about your background um, before we get into it. Here,
1: All right. Thank thank you, Steve. Uh, Great to be here and uh, really excited to talk about this this particular topic. Uh, I'll talk about my background a little bit before we get into it, sort of why and how I feel this is uh, such an important way of us as a marketing community uh, going forward to really attract the right customer and the right consumer to our offerings. Uh, my background has uh, really been in marketing uh, all through my career. Uh, I, in in Top tier CPG, that's where I uh, was but probably the first 15, 17 years of my career. Uh, Started out at Procter & Gamble, uh, then at Reket, was in the States for about 10 years, and then uh, with Nestle here in Canada uh, for about seven years. Uh, So been in CPG, marketing, sales, that kind of environment for the majority of my career. And uh, if you think about that piece, B2C comes to mind. Right up front, so you really understand the thinking about B two C, and I feel that's where you know the uh, the new age thinking of from a marketing standpoint really gets generated, and then that flows across the other industries. Is kind of how I think about it. Uh, so after a long career there, one of the things I did want to take is that understanding into the financial sector, into fintech, and uh, within a startup environment. So about three years back, I joined Elastic Financial and Rewards, which is in uh, a new fintech uh, startup. It's based here in Calgary, in Canada. I'm I'm in Toronto, of course, uh, but that's uh, where I thought I can take that learning, understanding, and convert it into building a startup, and uh, which is not just focused on B2C, but also focused on B2B, because those are sort of our uh, based business models, both are our customers and that's kind of how we are. going.
0: So it's interesting because you've spent this world and a lot of us has been, have been in, and for the last 15 years, I've been in all B2B is CMO and fractional CMO. And, but this concept of being more like B2C and B2B, you're living in that world right now. You have both of those audiences. So if you could, maybe before we get into hyper-personalization, tell us just a little bit about your thoughts about what are the key differences or the applications, how we should be thinking about B2B in a B2C way that makes sense.
1: True. And uh, that's a great question because I, I've always thought, especially being in the CPG world, think about who we are selling to. Yes, we are, as uh, marketers, as salespeople, as business development, the entire business is set upon consumers buying your product. But in the large CPGs, who are you actually selling to? You're also selling to businesses, your retailers. Those are your customers. You have to go develop your business text, develop all of your messaging to those people, like your Walmarts, Costcos, Loblaws, uh, Wegmans, all of these big retailers, that's who you are also selling to. So you need to make sure that your messaging to them is, pers- is specific to them and what their needs are. So you need to understand that. The needs of a consumer are very different than the needs of a buyer. You know, the consumer is looking for what are the benefits that they will get, right? Uh, the buyer is looking for maybe what are what the sales they're going to get, what are the bottom line they're going to get, how this is going to help their category, all of that piece is how they're going to attract more consumers into their store. So that messaging is a little bit different. The content is a little bit different. So as marketers who work very closely with the entire organization, you are very much used to having to sell or having to market to both and have the right messages to both B2C and B2B both. In... My under in my thinking, I feel one of the pieces where we can really utilize that uh, that focus that we put on on B2C, like to understand who your consumer is. You are, you, are, you put a lot of focus on trying to understand that consumer. We create personas, we create, you know, who they are going to be, what they like, what they do, as well as the customer journey you know, you always hear about, oh, this is the customer journey. This is what they do. These are the steps. One, two, three, four, five, all the way from uh, prior to the purchase to getting in the store or online to buying the product and then utilizing the product, going a whole circle and trying to get those people back again. Well, think about your B2C customers. They are also, or they also need to be thought of in the same way, in the same way, right? So those are some of the You know, you need to understand what is the pain point of your customer, of your B2C, B2B customer. You need to understand what exactly they are looking for, what is not being served to them today. You know, what are their pain points in their own environment, as well as how once you provide them with your product and or service, how is that experience going to be for them? Because you need them to be with you for the long, long haul, realistically and they're coming back to you. So it's not a one-time, it's not like a transactional relationship that you may have in fact on a B2C standpoint. It's a product, someone has bought it and it's done. Here, it's a little bit even, even more deeper. That relationship has to be standing the test of time, so to say, right? So from that standpoint, that's a little bit of, there is that difference because the risk for the consumer or for the B2C customer is, in fact, I would say a lot higher as well. Like you've been uh, yourself in the uh, agency world, right? If you are talking about pitching your agency to uh, to a company, to a B2B company, those are your customers. It's not that simple. It's not that easy. And it takes a long time, right? So you realistically have to spend a lot more time personalizing your message, personalizing what you do, Because the person on the other side, sitting there making that decision, for them, it's a huge risk if Steve's agency doesn't come up or it doesn't work out. It's a big risk for them, the amount of money they're spending, maybe even for their career and for the content that goes out from them, whatever you are going to be doing for them, it might affect their entire business. So for them, that's a big deal. So you know as well as I do, it's not a simple thing to kind of have someone change their agencies or any other business to business relationship, what they have for a while. So I feel personalizing that is even more important, understanding them deeper is even more important and personalizing that content is is really key for success moving forward in this industry. I
0: mean, I think the, the two biggest points that made the, the most sense to me there, and it all made sense, right? But is that in a B2B world, every sell, sale, represents a much larger portion of the company's revenue and Correct. therefore the importance to the company. And it typically repre- represents a lot more on the buyer's side from their risk factor, their career, making the wrong decision. And they don't make those decisions often. I mean, right. you can 97% of the B2B audience isn't in the market to buy what you're offering right now, where on a Correct. consumer basis, we're constantly buying and repurchasing right so the cycle is much longer the risks are much greater the rewards for the seller are that much greater so that all right. points to is we the the idea of hyper personalization which you're going to now get into is more important in the b2b yeah. world there's an right. argument for that it
1: is an argument for that very much so very
0: much so. now I'm going to lead you off with something that, that you had said to me before we, we pressed the record button. And you were talking about hyper-personalization. And I want to move into that, into the B2B sector now. But you, you talked about the concept of thinking about your B2B prospect as a consumer, mm-hmm. right? A consumer of your content, the messaging that you're creating. And how that then changes the way that you think about how you create content and message with that b2b consumer
1: correct that's that that's that is absolutely right steve as as uh, as we were talking about uh, for you or, or for a marketer you need to think about we need to change the way we are thinking there has to be a sea change in the way marketers think about B2B. It's not left to just the biz dev team or the sales team. And that's sometimes the the, the issue that happens. Oh, this is the job of the sales team. Oh, this is the job of the biz dev team. This is not ours. No, it is. It is the role of the CMO, I feel, to understand that yes, we need to get the consumer, but we also need to get, you know, if you are let's say in our situation you're in both but if you're just a b2b company then that is your customer that's the customer you have and without that customer you have no one your business does not exist so you have to think about that and really look at it as though you are looking at a consumer what we think about from a consumer standpoint is try to understand the consumer. From a typical, let's say, CPG standpoint, or what's uh, head of household between 25 to 30, 40 years of age, female, a certain number of uh, number of kids, high income, so on and so forth. Well, you also need to know that about your particular customer from a B two B standpoint as well, right? So that's that's something we need to really focus on and try to uh, try to understand who is that customer if we want to target them. In today's world, when we talk about the hyper-personalization piece, yes, understanding the demographics, that's fine. It was great. uh, But is that enough? Is that just enough? Uh, You probably is not. Because there could be two people who are very similar to each other, and they all look similar from a demographic standpoint, and uh, they're very, very different in their needs, what they look for, what they want. And I think I'd seen it somewhere. I, I, this is not my example. I saw it on LinkedIn, in fact. Uh, comparison between someone old, super rich, as an extremely high net worth, uh, ages uh, between 65 and uh, uh, 65 plus, and uh, likes the highlight. Well, the two people within those, one of them is Ozzy Osbourne. The second one is King Charles. And so, <laughs> would you have the same messaging going to the two of them? This is, you know, when you think about it, if you just use that demographic segmentation, the same message would go to both, of them, right? We both, get, I mean, it, it's it's funny to talk about it, but that's the reality, right? And I, so, I, I gave this a good, great example, uh, which I saw, and I realistically, I saw this on LinkedIn. So that's uh, that's why you need to personalize what they are looking for, and in in the world today with the advent or the use of social media and big data, you can really understand what these consumers are doing or these people are doing and target your message to them. Now you need to think of your B2B customer in a similar fashion, right? We need to think of them in a similar fashion and know exactly who they are because these are the same people who are gonna make that decision. So we need to know who they are, not just where they work, but what are their likes, their dislikes, and what are their company's likes and dislikes, more importantly. What is it that is important to them and for their company? That's the key that we need to understand. So there's a lot more work that needs to be done for understanding that and converting our message for them specifically.
0: The good news is there is more work to be done, but there's a lot more data that's available to us now as marketers too. In order to do that, Maybe can you explain a little bit more about that data and how you would use it? Yes. So the data that we
1: have today is all about what people, not just who people are from a demographic standpoint, but what they do as well. And here's an example. A lot of times when we tell our, you know, I I also teach. So one of the things I, I tell the students, we talk about how important networking is in today's world. It's not just for students, but networking is also really, really important for B2B business model, right? It's probably one of the biggest keys in unlocking that business-to-business relationship, because it is based on relationship. Now, how can you develop that relationship? No one's going to sign you a million-dollar contract just based on you know an ad that they see. It doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Right. So you have to build that relationship for which you need to build those connections and have the right content. Right. So we talk about in networking, you know, let's just take take LinkedIn, for example, you use that, you know, you're personalizing the message. We say, okay, make sure you are sending a note to someone. Don't just ask for a connection, write a note, make sure out there you use their name, address them correctly. Let's say you're reaching out to the CEO or the VP of marketing or of, of a company and you're writing a short note, which is not a big essay. So the messaging has to be concise. It has to be specific. And in that messaging, you need to really put in, in a very short amount of uh, words or maybe like a paragraph or two what exactly your company can do for them for which you need to know what they are looking for. You know, there's a, there, there's, a you know, there's sort of a, a fallback which people really uh, do is, okay, I'm just going to use a CRM, I'm going to use the same messaging and blast it out to everybody. That's not, you need to come out of that and personalize it or hyper-personalize it, which will take more time because you will now need to research these people. You'll need to research what that company is doing. But that is, from my standpoint at least, a lot more, you'll get a lot more uh, hits on that. You'll get a lot more responses on that. And that will, when I read it, I know that someone has taken the time to send me something that I, that's important to me. Right. Right. So I would respond back to that. The chances that I respond back to that are much higher.
0: Yep. It's the exact opposite of, I mean, how many emails a day do we all still get with somebody <laughs> reaching out and saying, I'd like to offer you our services. We do X, Y, and Z. You have no idea who this person is. I just feel yeah. sorry for those guys all the time, right? I, I, I,
1: I, do, what, I, I get, I'll tell you, I get emails, uh, I get uh, messages on oh something about IT. Okay. they just see your designation maybe or whatever. The, the keyword is chief something, and then that's it, or VP, and that's it, or director. Or that's not how you know. I, I you just because it doesn't apply.
0: Well, one of the biggest things you talked about content there right and one of the biggest things in personalization in the b2b world is understanding what pieces of content have been consumed because that goes to the importance they're going to spend time with content that's more important to them right, right. so i just want to back up just a little bit from that and ask you in in your perspective the importance overall of this content Like if you were just to give it a rating, right, put it on a scale of one to 10 with the, you know, the importance of content to the overall growth and success of the business. One, not important at all. 10, it's vital to the success of the business. Where would you put it on that scale and why? (laughs) Uh,
1: For me, I think content is king. I would put it as 15. On a scale of one to 10, I would put it at 15. (laughs) Uh, It's even more important on B2B because from a B2B standpoint, the person, they have a different job. Their job is not to read your emails, right? Their job is not to go through messages on LinkedIn or anything else. Their job is something else. They need to build their business. So what information we get that if I get a hundred emails, I might open ten. I might respond to one, right? So that one has to have the right content. And the only way I will even do that is if the content is right. We talk a lot about when you're out, the outreach, what uh, what the uh, what the subject line should be, what the uh, the preview text should be. That is important, uh, as important on in B two B, if not more. Than what it is on B2C. Because someone has to open it and someone has to do something with the content in the message that 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 uh, that that they see, right? And and you can't have it generic. You have to personalize that message, especially from a B2B standpoint. So it's extremely important.
0: Yeah, and you know, so that content too, give us an understanding, because in the world of B2B, you're not talking about the kind of content that talks about products and features or the technology, right? You're talking about content that adds value, right? That teaches, that educates. In fact, all the studies show, right? That B2B buyers don't want to be sold to, they want to be advised. And so they want you to be a trusted advisor. So that content that you're talking about, that they're going to consume, is more in the realm of thought leadership content correct right? and then of that thought leadership content where are they going and, and where are they spending time and that's a huge clue massive clue right how to personalize right. you know what it is that is going to interest them and spark the conversation i'm going to open up an email to your point right about something that i think is going to help me do my job make my decision versus somebody trying to sell me their solution right exactly that's later down the pike yes so
1: um yes uh, but you made a very good point on that and if you want to be a successful you in in the world today if you want to be successful in in b2b marketing that content creation is important and it's not just creation of content it takes time as well because what you need to be as far as, you know, if this content is helpful for me, how do I know if this content is helpful for me? If it is coming from a trusted source. right? So as a person, I, in your strategy, yes, you're, you have a inbound, outbound, outreach, all those things, emails. But the other piece is you need to just create content, put it out there, which is important to your target audience audience so you become a trusted source of information and you need to do it often enough you need to be someone who puts that content out let's say on a weekly basis or bi-weekly or two or three times a week whatever the case might be whatever your cadence you decide and I think the more the better and the amount of content you put out is good so that people not just they may or may not have heard of you but they keep on seeing it in the places that they are so you need to know where your audience is, of course. On a B2B standpoint, see the merges of B2C to B2B. You okay. want to know where your audience is. What are they doing? What are they reading? What are they consuming? And you need to put out that content out there in that particular realm. So if it is a blog that is going on, on your website with your emails, is out there on LinkedIn, all those pieces, those blogs you know, you're putting out Information every two days or every three days or once a week, whatever the case might be. We put out a a, a blog called Credit Tip Tuesday to just help our consumers, B2C, B2B, both on understanding uh, the financial literacy sector. And just information over a period of the last now, whatever, two or three years. So every week, we have a weekly cadence on doing that. So now when someone sees that every time, they understand that you are. A successful uh, or you are a credible source of information it's all about building your brand if you think about it from that standpoint building the brand as the credible source of information so your credibility comes from there uh, so that's where you know that the concepts of how you uh, how you go towards or how you uh build a brand or uh, build your credibility for, for b2c also work for b2b and then that person when you send that information out to them over a period of time, and they see that it's coming from you or your company, automatically they know I can trust this. And that's how they will open it. Then they see the information in there is personalized to them. That's where hyper-personalization comes in, and they will then try to engage with you. And then of course, you know, then it's up to you to
0: convert. them. And you know, something you said in there was like, with that blog, you do it every week, right? And your plan isn't to stop doing it a couple of months from now, right? No. Nope. This is an evergreen strategy. This is right. ongoing. This is a, a fundamental part of the way that the company creates its brand, creates its credibility, and markets itself to the by proving value, right? So exactly. I'm sure that blog post isn't isn't all about the plastic financial services oh. and rewards, right?
1: Nope, not at all. We we don't talk about our business at all that wow. is because uh, for us one of the uh, sorry uh, for us, one of our uh, key goals or our vision is to help Canadians and people around the world achieve financial literacy and financial freedom right we, we want we want to have that as as a key piece of our business that's our go to market. So putting that out there is a way for us, to educate our customer and of course to build credibility for us and so it's going to be there every week we'll put out information you know we have a financial literacy blog, blog and we have a, a credit tip tuesday blog that we put out there so that's that's something that you know we are if you need need that information it's coming from us and we've been doing it now for years so that just continues and i feel that is important so that when i reach out to you Oh, yeah, I see this. You may not read my blog every time. You may not read everything that comes out every time. But over a period of time, you build your brand, you build your credibility. And so the time you want now to reach out to someone, your credibility is already built. The the name is already there in someone's mind, either your your individual name or your company name or whatever it might be that it's coming from.
0: You know, here's the way that I think about this is that. As a company we have to have products we have to have services right that's our offering right but what you're saying is i'm also offering a third thing and that's content Content. that's value that's support that's education that's advice right? right and really that's equally as important as what the pro- what the company actually physically does with its products and services mm-hmm. and that's Absolutely. that's been borne out in study after study that they have to have an affinity they have to have feel like an, uh, they have a relationship or you know that their perception of you is such that you're in a position that you could make a recommendation in the world of b2b that right. they can trust that's that credibility factor you're talking about
1: exactly exactly that is that credibility factor you're talking about uh, because as i said that 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 is why it it requires a little bit more time because the, it's a high it's a higher risk for the for the buyer b2b buyer you know if for example b2c yes i'm a loyal customer let's say i use crest every time big deal i'll go if it's colgate's on a deal i'll try that i'll try it once it's 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 not a big big issue but as a buyer or as a VP of marketing somewhere, if I want to change my ad agency, I can't just change it overnight and say, okay, let me go from one to another, and it's all, all right, not a big deal. you know. I, so the, the risk is higher for the person making the decision as well, but the reward for you as a seller is also much higher. So naturally, it's a high risk, high reward. The ROI for what you spend on getting that customer is also much higher for you as sure. on, on the B2B standpoint, and that's why it's even more important to utilize those B2C concepts into B2B with hyper-personalization being one of them.
0: Well, Anil, thank you very much. Um, having that background you know, that's, that's steeped in B2C and B2B, and how those worlds play together, how they overlap, what we can learn as B2B marketers, uh, very, very valuable insights. So I, I just wanted to say thank you for coming onto the show. And if somebody had a follow-up question and they wanted to get a hold of you, is uh, a link to your profile on LinkedIn, would that be the best way?
1: That would be the best way. That would be the best way to uh, to reach me. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, again, thank you for coming on today and sharing all of your advice.
1: Thank you, Steve. It was a pleasure, as always. Appreciate it.